and I laid down on the floor on a body pillow and I played Celine Dion all by myself and snuggled with uh, stuffed animals. And as I was building those relationships, I was adding content. I think it's so important we listen to the students in this. I have been able to contact with most kids. Good. We had school issued trunks and they were color coordinated by size. So, um, yes, <laughs> Stacy, you do a great job of bringing out the embarrassing stories. If you got caught three times, then you went to the middle and the whole class pointed and squealed at you like a pig. He said, piggy, piggy, piggy. <laughs> yeah, it's why you got into the, the business in the first place. Yeah, exactly. My attendance has been pretty high for this. Making that adjustment to the schedule allows you Tuesday, Thursday to reach out to the kids that aren't showing up to that live class session. You know, one of the things with the high school teacher is trying to make your, your environment feel safe and comfortable to try things that there's little tricks of the trade that you kind of use as you're teaching. Um, and some of them you pick up from others and some of them you learn naturally. We were playing a simple game running into me and just mad because I knocked him over. You wonder why our country is in shambles right now. <laughs> Look what we've done to our youth. And I think that's such a fun way to teach kids. Welcome, physical educators. This is Thinking PE. Because Fayette is more than just fun and games. I'm Stacy Nelson. And I'm Jamie Seneca. And it's our goal to dig deeper beyond the activities that make your class awesome. So buckle up and join us on this journey. Welcome to another episode of Thinking PE. I'm excited today because we have a special guest. Clint is with us today. We're going to let him introduce himself in a little bit and give us some more details. But I'm, I'm just super excited about what he brings to the table. I have um, been friends with Clint for a while. And one of the things that jumped out at me as soon as we started heading for um, distance learning was Clint's passion for kids in general, for them as people, not just as PE students, but them as people. And I think that's going to come out today as, as we interview him and talk to him. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to get into that. But Jamie is going to um, get us started here. And we're going to get to know Clint just a little bit better here. Well, first, let's have Clint, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us the Wikipedia version of your introduction. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, I'm Clint Lundeen, and I'm a high school PE teacher at Cambridge Isani High School. I've been doing it, I think, for over 15 years now, 16, 17 years, something like that. You kind of lose track as you keep getting into it. <laughs> um, but I substitute taught before that, straight out of school until I got my job there, and uh, have been teaching, coaching ever since. I also run the uh, Link Crew program in uh, in Cambridge Isani with a couple associates. So um, as PE teachers, we get wrapped into uh, coaching and and other forms of, of kind of helping out the school. And so that's that's a fun thing that I get to be involved in as well. For sure. The number one topic I really did want to talk to you about, Clint, is this idea of connection. And 
man, with this COVID-19 and us, you know, I don't know when people will listen to this, but we're right in the middle or kind of maybe at the tail end of teaching with it. I hope we're at the tail end of teaching with it. We don't know. This could lead into the fall. This is where we're at right now is nobody knows. And so right. if you're listening, whenever you're listening to this, just kind of understand that that's where this conversation is taking place. Help you give your perspective. I remember my conversation with you, it just jumped out at me that your number one topic your priority was going to be to try to reach every one of those kids at least once a week. And I'd like you to kind of start there, share how that went, how it's going, what have you learned, um, how did you do it, Any, anything you think would be helpful to the, the global PE body. Yeah, well, you know, when we first did this, we had that week of planning or that two weeks of planning or whatever it was. And um, during that time, the Cambridge Isani School District at the high school level made the decision that we were going to set up a bell schedule kind of deal where we actually meet with the kids Monday through Friday. And we did that for a few weeks. Um, and then we made adjustments and started doing the Google Meets Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. Which was a great adjustment for, in my opinion, for what we were dealing with because the kids that didn't show up to class, like it was hard to find time to try to connect with them. Yeah. And so making that adjustment to the schedule allows you Tuesday, Thursday to reach out to the kids that aren't showing up to that live yeah. class session. So that was very helpful school district wise to kind of implement this. And I don't know about with you guys, but the thing when this whole thing started is we were all flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. You know, so I liked that, that I was given, given up some guidelines because that's something that I really feel like I need to function at a decent level is yeah. to have some structure. And for that matter, I really see that kids need that structure too for, for themselves. And so that was a, a great starting point for this. Um, and then um, at that point in time, early on, the first couple of weeks, it was hard to connect with every kid. Um, but some of them were just connections that fall on deaf ears. Um, I was calling kids, I was emailing kids and trying multiple ways. But the cool thing is, is through that, um, my attendance has been pretty high for this. I forget what the governor said, if it was like, four out of um, 10 kids were not basically showing up to class. I forget what he said. And I was getting probably about 80, 85% of my class showing up. And so it was dealing with that 15%. Yeah. And um, for the most part, I'm down to only like two or three kids that just really, I, I honestly, sometimes we have kids that transfer and I don't know about it. And so I've put things out to counselors on a couple kids that I have not been able to contact. Otherwise, I've, I have been able to contact with most kids. Good. And how does, how's that been going how, from your viewpoint? Yeah, I mean, it's been fairly interesting. Um, <laughs> what I did for curriculum wise was I kept it pretty simple because, um, and I just try and build a little bit each week off of it, but we just, 
um, put together fitness plans um, and kind of personal fitness stuff and then um, different kind of activities that they can be doing with their friends and family and close relatives and then I have them journal it and um, our sessions are mainly us talking about those and me like putting in pointers dealing with physical fitness like you know what a good exercise heart rate is and um you know strength and endurance and flexibility and just kind of pointing those out as we talk through those issues and those journals that we're working on okay and to give perspective if you're listening and you haven't figured it out Clint's teaching at the high school level, not the kindergarten level. So, <laughs> because that, that would obviously make a big difference. You know, if you're, oh, definitely. If you're trying to yeah. do that with elementary students, you might find it, it very different experience. So I yeah. just kind of wanted to point that out that, that it seems very appropriate and you seem to be getting a good, um, good feedback from the students. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off what you're just saying right now, um, at high school, motivation is probably one of the, the main challenges where I think at the younger levels, um, kids are ready to move. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, at the high school level, it's maybe not necessarily that way. Like motivation is, is a big part, whether you're with them or whether you're trying to teach them distance. So I have tried to be very creative in how I, I kind of grab their attention or maybe keep them engaged. And so um, the one thing I started doing right off the bat was I start each class with a song. So as students are, are showing up, um, I either play a song or I kind of play it and sing along or I play it and, and do some sort of teachable moment while doing an introduction. Meanwhile, at the same time, that's when I'm starting to take attendance because okay. kids are like showing up. I'm trying to keep track of who's all there yeah. during that time. So and you're doing that with Google Meet? Yep, Google Meet, and it's a live session. Um, so uh, one of the early first sessions, you know, kids had probably been home for about three weeks. Um, I danced with Alexa to one is the loneliest number during that first couple minutes. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And so um, then later on, um, <laughs> some of my earlier classes uh, were, the kids were showing up um, and I always, I try to be able to see them. So I have them pull up their videos and a very high percentage of my students were still in their beds while in class. So um, a few weeks into this, I, I did another intro where I, over my gym clothes or my polo and shorts, I put a bathrobe on and pajama pants and I laid down on the floor on a body pillow and I played Celine Dion all by myself and snuggled with uh, stuffed animals and kind of woke myself up for class. <laughs> and literally in my second hour class, as I'm doing this, I have a student show up late in their bed in a bathrobe and watching me and just started dying laughing. 
<laughs> when they saw that. I think you sent that one to me. And I just yeah. got the biggest chuckle out of that kid. But he missed your whole bathrobe thing because he was late for class and it was like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Kids showing up late and our first hour is 9 o'clock. You know, we used yeah. to be at school at 8 in the morning. So, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and they're not afraid to show up for a live session with their hair all over the place. And it's just crazy. Exactly. Um, yeah. Some kids, like, still wrapped up in a blanket. And, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of insane watching what they, what, they, what they don't care about. But you do get a good glimpse for who they are. In, you know, in some ways, you know, you get to see them in their home setting, you get to see the kid that maybe is normally quiet, come alive a little or the opposite. And I bet you yeah. have good insights from from their home environment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, some kids, one thing that I was a little nervous about, so I always leave it optional, is I was nervous that some kids maybe would be um, nervous about showing their home. Yeah. And so I always would make it optional, but, um, but highly encourage them to, to find a spot where I could actually see their face. And I tried to make it something that I really talked with them about is that I want to be able to interact with them and see their face. And I missed that. I missed that part of our school day. So, yeah. um, yeah, and then just recently in the last couple of weeks, I'm, I'm having them send me 30-second videos of uh, exercising um, in their favorite thing that they like to do for physical activity. So, um, and I've, I've really found that I've enjoyed watching those. It's made a lot more work for me. Yep. Um, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but um, I just feel like maybe it... I don't know if it's actually more work, but it feels like more work because we're kind of doing the things that of our job that we, we maybe necessarily didn't enjoy the most, if that makes sense. Say like, a little bit more about that. So like the reason why I became a Phi Ed teacher was to be physically active with kids, connect with them, play sports, um, challenge them physical fitness wise, working out and interacting with them. And I didn't do it to do the grading. I didn't do it to check the emails. I didn't do it to um, enter in points into a computer or any of that stuff, yeah. you know? And it seems like that is what's been starting to dominate, you know, our, our life as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes Arts. a lot of sense. Well, say I would say we spent we've spent a lot of time in podcasts on the idea of connection versus content and the, the importance of that student connection. It really sounds like you've got that that caption, and maybe that's one of my one personally one of my lessons I learned the hard way was was uh, focusing too much on the content, not enough on the connection early on. Um, so I, I think that's that's really cool how you've made it, and that's what captured my interest when Stacy had had, had, uh, had mentioned you was just your your diligence and diligence to make sure you're connecting with each and every one of your students. Yeah. 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 And then there's a couple things that I think 
transferred from the classroom environment to this online learning that that I there's little tricks of the trade that you kind of use as you're teaching um, and some of them you pick up from others and some of them you learn naturally but um, one thing that I, I try to have kids share almost every one of our sessions like every kid I want to share and it's kind of I tell them that this is part of their journal daily points and this kind of thing. And um, it, it could be something as simple as, hey, what is your favorite cardiovascular activity that you like to do? And um, I want everyone to share it. And so I start out and what I've been doing is I've start out and I pick normally a, a kid that I know is pretty responsible to start. And then I have them pick who goes next. And one reason why I do that is all the kids in the class then don't know when they're going to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's a way to keep them all engaged. And a lot of times a kid that is more, um, I don't know, responsible is going to pick another kid that's more responsible. And then eventually you get to the kids that maybe aren't quite as responsible, but now they've hung around the whole time because um, they, they're like, am I going to go next <laughs> type of deal? You know, they don't know. Um, but it's funny because sometimes I do catch kids like, um, you know, Stevie, where are you? You know, because they stepped away from their computer or did something. They're playing um, with their stuffed animals playing with their stuffed animals again. Right. <laughs> yeah so but for the most part and then i'll use those as teachable moments as they talk about it you know about heart rate and duration of a cardio workout and that kind of stuff and uh so um but i kind of try to do that through conversation and a lot of times kids are picking up learning about target heart rate zone and different things without even realizing it. Yeah. And I think that's such a fun way to teach kids. You know, Jamie, I, I've really appreciated Clint and my friendship with him because he, he always regrounds me and you can see why just from listening to a short piece with, yeah. with him. And it was just fun to listen to him talk about, I mean, he's a super creative guy got this really cool sense of humor and he uses that and other and his passion for kids to just build this connection with them. And then he's a solid professional. And so he uses that connection to sneak in content. And I think it was Mike Ginicola that mentioned that it's kind of like as parents, we, we have to sneak in the vegetables somewhere and in, in mix, mix them in with the, with the food, other food on the plate to get kids to eat their vegetables. And that's what it feels like he does is, he, he gets the solid base down, this connection with them. And then once he has that connection, he can ask them to do anything and builds that content up. And he just slowly moves it up into, it seems like from that conversation, like it's a really solid distance learning program he built. And I know he's not confident in it because this is his first time, but it feels, it seems like it's a really solid uh, overall uh, program he put together. Yeah, it just seems... He looked like the rest of us, he had no idea where to start. So he started someplace. He took the needs of his students. And one of the needs of his students, his high school students, was yeah. motivation. And how do I motivate these students 
to you know access his materials beyond just getting a grade. Yeah, you know, putting in some putting in some meaningful effort there, and and right away he started making those connections, building that relationship because uh, he just doesn't seem like a guy that you would normally see snuggling up to stuffed animals. But that <laughs> cap that captured his students' attention. Yeah, and and like like you said, when, once he once he captured their attention, built that connection. Now he he snuck in the vegetables. Yeah, and. I think that's the key that I don't want us to miss in this. It's that it's that using all of it, using the creativity, using the connections to really build the content within. And this next segment, he goes into, you, you asked to ask him a really good question here about his content. And he goes into some pretty good detail on the content. So let, let's take a listen there. Let's actually keep, if you, if you could, just focus in on that content part. We talk a lot about the connection and about the content. Are you, are you able to stick to your similar curriculum that you used in your classes before? Is it a lot of a lot of review, um, new teaching? What what does your content look like? Yeah, I think um, from our principal down, he said, "Do not try to do the same content you used to do. Um, simplify what you're doing because, I mean, this is new. It's crazy." You know what we're kind of all going through and so obviously um the content that i really was focusing on was more personal fitness and so the content that we really lost through this was um a lot of the sports skill-based stuff that we were doing and really focused more on personal fitness and that kind of stuff so um, we'll talk about that a little bit and get into some of that a little bit just from kids' activities, you know, with their own families and friends. But um, but I guess, yes, way less content than what we used to do in this environment. Now, if we have time, like if this is something that's going to be extended into the future, I, I think I would slowly add more of that stuff back in. Yeah. But the world that we are currently in, I, you know, I think just even what you guys have been talking about this with relationships before rigor or before, you know, content, connecting before content, I think it's, I don't know if there's a, a better way of going about it than what we're doing. Yeah. One of the phrases that came up early that sounds like what you're talking about is the phrase less is more. That was kind of given out is you're going to get a lot further doing less and it's kind of a weird concept but i think it was wise of your principal to say you know scale her back and and, yeah. then, and then i like what you said though is if we do this into the future we, if we've established these connections we've we've now established like we do in our classroom the first couple days of class you establish classroom procedures this is how it's going to work and once you've got those the framework of a class now you can you get a lot to add you, you can do a lot of different things if you've got those basic connections and the basic structure of your classroom down now that it's gotten i don't know if the sky's the limit but you can certainly start going the direction i think you said just add little by little add some more skill add some more other things i like i like that approach yeah you know it's kind of interesting with you just saying that i had a student that was showing up early and then they stopped showing up to the Google Meet sessions. And as I was building those relationships, I was adding content. Like I was adding things like, hey, now I want um, different warm ups every, you know, 
every day of your different recorded workouts. And so I was adding things to their journal, but if they were not attending class, they wouldn't get those that bits of information. And so I was almost like pulling the trying to connect that um, on the reverse side of it, you're missing content if you don't connect with me. Yeah. And, and so this student now is back showing up because a couple of her journals, she got a poor grade. And I Mm. said, well, you haven't been in class to hear what's supposed to be in your journals. And so um, now, now that particular student is attending regularly again. So that was kind of a fun thing for me to see in this process because everything's so new and so fresh. It's like, it's so hard to, to kind of navigate it. So um, it's been fun to listen to you guys, but also listen to other teachers because I, I mean, me personally, I've been like a sponge the last with this new environment. I love what you just said there. It connected a few things in my brain that you didn't just penalize them for not showing up. You made it relevant and now they missed something. So you didn't have to tell them, Hey, you have to show up. You, you basically said your grade isn't lower because you missed, you know, I'm not penalizing you, but you got penalized because you didn't hear what I was saying. So that was the natural consequence. And now it's relevant. It's like, Oh, there's a reason I need to show up. It's not just that he's going to work maps and I got to check the box. It's he's actually giving me something that I have to use and they still might do it reluctantly. They'd rather sleep, but <laughs> right. You give them purpose. You make it um, purpose. Understand the, the word that, that I'm looking for. Uh, our interview we just did with some um, high school and middle school and college students. They kind of pointed that out that if, if you're just putting out busy work, we see right through it. They see right through it. Yeah. So it was just super eye-opening to me that they, that's kind of the words they were using is, don't just keep us busy. Have a purpose. And then Jamie picked up on that interview too, that, hey, that's what we need to do with these kids. They're not dummies. They're humans. They're, find ways to motivate them. And you motivate them by making it relevant and, and doing exactly what you were doing there. I, I just love that connection you just made in my brain. Yeah. Um, that's, that's funny that you, I listened to that session you guys had with those students. Yeah. And, and shortly after I listened to that session, um, my next class lesson was totally built on, um, I, I proposed the question where I tried to have everyone share in the class to answer this question, but what is like their, think of three, their top three challenges that they've been facing through this distance learning. And so it had nothing to do with physical education, but it was more to do with how can I teach a little bit different to reach them where they're at. And so I wanted them to think of three because if they all had the same one, I wanted them to dip into another one so we weren't just hearing the same thing over and over. So, um, can can you explain some of what off the top of your head, some of the ones that came up a lot? Yeah. Um, actually some of the, the challenges it was, um, the classroom environment, like their questions can get answered immediately. You know, like they can, 
respond to either a student sitting next to them or a teacher. They can, they can talk with them and they can get like a little conversation going with that teacher and it helps them learn what they're struggling with. And in this environment, that's really been taken away. So students that really learn through visual and conversation like that, audio, um, are struggling in this environment. And so that was one of them. But there was a lot of things too with just um, down study time, like meeting with their friends and studying stuff in the cafeteria before yeah. class, um, during lunchtime, in the hall. You know, and just those little breaks that they would get throughout the day with their friends and stuff. Some were really missing that. Um, but yeah, that, that was probably two of the top, top mm -hmm. ones. Um, there was a couple other ones that I might think of as we're going along here. Yeah, feel free to throw them in if they, if they come back to you. That's, that's good insight. I love sharing things on the podcast here when it's from the students. Because I, I, think yeah. it's so, I think it's so important we listen to the students in this way. We can jabber all we want about being professionals, but they're the ones we're trying to reach. And, and some of them are very eloquent with how they are able to find what they need and, and tell us. So. Yeah, and that was one reason why I made adjustments in a couple of my lesson plans to try and teach as I was interacting with the students. And so because sometimes, you know, like, I would, I would get a student on that's answering a question and I would have to be like, hey, keep your mic on. I wanna talk with you about this issue a little bit. And we would con, you know, have a conversation back and forth while other students are listening in. Mm. And boy, we, we would hit some good learning topics while doing that. And when another student is involved and they're not just listening to me, like, you know, I don't know, do a PowerPoint or something like that. Yep. I really think it's more organic and, and really gives them a piece of that learning too. Yeah. Did you find other kids were engaged because another student was involved and it wasn't just you preaching at them? Yes. That, yeah. You know, a lot of times that would get us down another trail or get us talking about another subject or or get deeper into a subject because then another kid would feel comfortable piping in and, and either coming up with a question or with you know, another response to that, that you wouldn't get that interaction if you were just lecturing to them maybe. Yeah. You know, in that relationship building, it just, it takes, I mean, you know, as well as anybody else, it takes time. And it's, I don't think it matters what the grade level is. You can't, in the first week of school, when we do our team building games and things like that, you can't expect to build those deep relationships in the first week of school. And in a distance learning setting, you can't expect the, you know, those, those deep relationships, those deep conversations or conversations period in the first couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, for sure. Oh, they love when, like if my wife had to work from home and she walked past in the background. Oh my goodness. They love that kind of stuff too. <laughs> and just connecting in that way. Well, they see you as a real person. Yep, exactly. What do you think, with all this that we're putting in, we're being forced to do professional development in whole new ways, learn new technologies. When this does get passed and it's back to whatever the new normal is, 
and we're not doing distance learning, we're in your classrooms again, developing curriculum. What do you think you're gonna take with you from these past eight weeks? Anything, or what do you think you've gained either mentally, physically, uh, skills-wise, anything that comes to mind? You know, that just the whole time you were saying that, what just kind of was just going off in my head was building relationships and just the whole thing with, with like, you know, missing that connecting, even just being together. Sometimes it's physical touch. Sometimes it's just like that presence of being able to interact and be together and what sports, um, how that, how that the sportsmanship, the, you know, character that you grow in from sports and stuff like all that stuff was just kind of flickering off in my head when you kind of brought that up is like, I miss it. I want it back. You know, (laughs) it's why you got into the, the business in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jamie, I found it's an interesting process that he went through in designing his, uh, his curriculum. Um, just like most administrators that we've heard from, uh, I think there was a lot of wisdom from leadership that talked about don't try to do everything you were trying to do. Scale this down. I, I haven't really heard from any teachers that their administrators told them to, to overdo it. Everybody kind of had good wisdom, I think, and said back it down. And that's where we've heard the phrase on several of the podcasts, you know, less is more. And um, he kind of coined a phrase in this called relationships over rigor. And we call it connection first, you know, over content, that type of thing. But it's that same concept of, hey, let's, let's be respectful of the kids here. Let's maintain the most important part, which is that relationship or which is that connection. And then from there, let's see what we can do. And, and that's what he did. But the problem is, if you back off, something's got to give. And for him, he said it was the skill stuff and uh, at the high school level, the sports, which was kind of interesting how he was grieving that at, at one point in the interview. He was talking about, I want that back. And I think that's, um, we kind of overlook, we kind of, sports kind of gets a bad rap today in some ways of teaching sports and it's all about sports, but that's a huge place where standards three, four, and five are really um, emphasized and given kids a chance to practice skill, you know, the standards three, four, and five and adapting to um, things like um, uh, behavior on the court and how mm-hmm. to be a good winner, how to be a good loser, what sportsmanship, all those things are developed in, in those games. And we don't want to forget about them either, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. And I like what he said, the idea of he's going to build those back up. If we have to keep doing this, now I have this establishment with them. Now I can, I can work these back in. So he hasn't, he hasn't lost it completely. And he's ready to get back to it because, you know, it just seems like his heart's in. This is why he, he's a PE teacher. He loves to interact with kids and play games and teach them through sport, teach them through games. So anyway, I just, I just got a, a kick out of how he is so well-rounded and brings that back to the important pieces of PE. I couldn't agree more. And just, just, just the, the approach to, to maintain a full curriculum. 
And yeah. it's not rocket science, even though, you know, as we're, fil as we're filming this today, SpaceX is docking with the International Space yeah. Station. And there were some geniuses that put that together, but this isn't rocket science. Yeah. We've actually, maybe hard to implement, maybe hard to put together, but we actually, I mean, through all this, it's, it's come down to three C's. Connection, creativity, and content. And it's all coming from Clint. All right, so three C's, connection, creativity, and content, those three things. And it starts with the connections. It starts with building those relationships and you find a creative way to, to, inter, to build those relationships and you find a creative way to introduce that content. And right now we've kind of defaulted to the fitness side of the content. And like, like Clint alluded to is, you know, once, once we get good at that and we, we build the skills and have the tools, then we'll start introducing those, those things that we did in our class with skill development and sportsmanship and, and uh, you know, stuff that we find in standards three, four, and five. Yeah, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's just, I think with Clint, this has been jumping out as the way he, he I feel like he spins it. He mm -hmm. was, at least the way he talked about it in the interview is ju jumping out. Um, some of the other people we've interviewed do this too. But the way he's kind of coined this is he talks about how he uses that, you know, creativity to build some content. And then once he had the content, he, he's attached the fact that now um, he's able to build this curriculum and around and it's like spirals up little bit by little bit by using those three C's. So and who knows, maybe we've yeah, going to phrase, phrase with him uh, the, the three C's from Clint or something like that. Well, I don't know. To me, it, it breaks it down what I like to call, he broke it down Barney style. Put it in such simple terms that you could see it on an episode of Barney. Nice. <laughs> oh, well, we've got another segment coming up here that is actually quite funny. There's a lot of laughter going on because you actually ask him a question. What's the funniest thing he's seen in in education and i'm just surprised again how there's some real depth here it there's some real content that we're going to get even though there's a lot of laughing a lot of joking around um so i'm excited for people to hear this next segment the funniest thing you've ever seen as a teacher i don't know like if i'm giving probably the more the the PE version or the appropriate ones, just watching um, some kids lose it, you know, like in class. Um, one kid just smashed a badminton racket, and then you know, trying to to draw that kid back in or deal with that situation. Um, another kid when we were playing a simple game running into me and just mad because I knocked him over you know or something like that um like I'm not I'm not trying to share kids names or anything so just trying to like but um just different different things like that to somebody running with flag football and their uh, pants slowly falling off as they're running you know when kids used to wear those low pants all the time and that kind of stuff so um, yeah, I've had some really fun, uh, interesting experiences as a PE teacher. <laughs> so in a lot of ways, your, your funniest things that, you, that you've seen as a teacher also become some, maybe uh, somebody's others, something they learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how many of those low rider kids now as adults are looking back and thinking they they had too many stories about those low riding those low riding days i don't know <laughs> there had to be yeah. one story that came from that that's for sure 
Well, and those were always the kids at the high school level that we'd have trouble getting them to talk them into changing for PE. So, um, yeah, we got to see that kind of backfire a couple times. <laughs> yeah, that is the tough part with um, with secondary PE. You, you deal with that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's the, the easy part is the, the games and the behavior in the games. The hardest part is all that surrounding, you know, changing for class and egos and all that kind of stuff that you have to deal with at, at the secondary level. Yeah, definitely. Um, body images and also just not being, you know, one of the things with the high school teacher is trying to make your your environment feel safe and comfortable to try things that you're very that you've some kids maybe have never tried before. Yeah. Remember, as a <laughs> high school kid, um, our uh, our uh, our we had school issued trunks, and they were color coordinated by size. So um, genius. <laughs> I think like, you know, your smalls and your mediums were like red and blue, like good colors. But then like your large was green, your extra, extra large was brown. So, you know, just great fuel for children to have to deal with in the realm that we're talking about right now. We've come so far. When I was, in, all, when I was in elementary school, we played, uh, I was from Wisconsin and we played Duck, Duck, Goose, Duck, Duck, Gray Duck, whatever. Yeah. But, so. As part, of the, as part of it goes, if you got caught three times, then you went to the middle and the whole class pointed and squealed at you like a pig. He said, piggy, piggy, piggy. <laughs> well, it's like, who do, you, who do you think gets caught first three times? Yeah. Those, kids that, yeah. those kids that don't need, somebody's pointing at them squealing like a pig. And exactly. I was like, man, if, if I saw something like that or did something like that, now that you should be just, you should be fired on the spot. Right. Yeah, we've come we've come a long ways in learning some of this stuff. We wonder why our country's in shambles right now. <laughs> Look what we've done to our youth for the past. Hey, some, some things some things we had to learn the hard way. There you go. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Clint's, Clint's stories they really they bring back some memories. Really make me laugh because we can we can all think of things we've done in the past and like oh boy that was that was some pretty old school stuff. Whether you're color coding the shorts for kids in, in Fayette or pointing to kids in the middle and squealing at them like pigs, it just uh, you know it goes back to the you know one of one of my favorite movies, Mr. Woodcock with Billy Bob Thornton, who basically takes every stereotype of a physical educator <laughs> and amplifies it on, on what not to do, and it's just it just. We look, we look at how much we've evolved over, the, over, over what, what physical education is from a, from a K-12 uh, perspective. Well, absolutely. And kind of to piggyback on that, that's exactly what's happened in the past basically eight, nine weeks with this distance learning. It's, there's been an evolution of where do we start? Probably doing some things poorly at the beginning, doing the best we can. And now we've we've evolved even even in a short period of time mm -hmm. and i think you know looking back clint really just did a great job of summarizing that with his three with the three c's we've coined with him and how he moves in and out of them he used some creativity to build connection then he uses this connection to add some content and it's he circles around and around in the three c's and i really think that that shows the evolution even in a short period of time and if we have to, we can keep evolving. And you know, Jamie, 
I think Clint just gave us a lot of good things to think about here with connection, creativity, and content. And that was Thinking Be Easy. Thank you.